You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode. Thanks for downloading, streaming, subscribing, doing whatever it is that you do to listen to to this uh, t- to this podcast. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your time and your money. And um, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, <laughs> Twitter. If you I don't know <laughs> if you want to look at Twitter. Um, I've been getting into it with Jim Baker on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, give us a like, give us a listen, and uh, subscribe and all that stuff. Leave a review if you don't mind. That would be appreciated. It does not have to be five stars. It doesn't even have to be four. If you don't like it, just don't like it even. Put one. I don't care. <laughs> just do it. Let's do it, okay? So um, I'm going to answer a question from the Facebook group. Um, said, yeah, hey, I'll look into this. So Mary uh, uh, <clears throat> had a question, and uh, I said, hey, we could we could look at that, absolutely look into it and see what's going on. That would be uh, – and I, for me, I was like, okay, this would be good for uh, – good for – give me something else to look at for a moment while I'm looking at – I'm always looking at other other things, <laughs> all sorts of things anyway, and studying things. And uh, hey, this will give me something to uh, to look into or to uh, to address, or give me an an actual uh, episode uh, to do. And it may not be that long, but it'll address. So it was Mary had this um, uh, a question about head coverings for women during prayer and prophesying that's found in 1 Corinthians 11. Okay, so uh, she said that she had heard a teaching about this the other day, but she was curious to see if this is a commandment across all times and cultures or if Paul was simply speaking into their culture. Okay, so uh, basically wants to know the cultural context of the scripture and how does it apply to us today, um, if at all. Okay, so... I early on when I first started this um, podcast, I did an episode on women in leadership where I took a look at um, the two proof texts on um, from Paul went to, for women to keep silent. It's first first Corinthians 1434 and the one in uh, Timothy, First Timothy two twelve, where he says, "I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man; rather, she is to remain quiet." Um. So the you know the cross cross reference uh, that both both of those are cross reference. First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty four, and, and that's why yeah, and First Timothy two twelve, 
And these are the two texts that we have. And there's um, those people that are really hardlined. So I talk about being hardlined. And um, uh, for an example, there's a guy. And what's interesting is um, in a, another a group I'm in on Facebook, somebody posted about uh, women in ministry and the misuse of this text in first Corinthians 11, um, on head coverings. And then it turned into a big, big discussion, which I became a part of, um, saying, saying a lot of things that I had said, um, in that woman in leadership episode. And, you know, is it a timeless principle? Can we look at the whole council of the word of God, the whole Bible that is God breathed and inspired? It's sufficient and see that this is something that is timeless, um, a principle or a command. And I don't think it is. And because, because God seems to have used women a lot and uh, Jesus empowered women. He had, a, had women around him along with the disciples that gave and uh, contributed to the uh, ministry, especially financially. And then um, the letter carriers or message deliverers or generic apostles, if you will, in the New Testament were women as well. Um, and so here's what's interesting um, is that in this text, is in 1 Corinthians 11, um, We'll just start. Um, we'll just start at the very beginning. First uh, Corinthians eleven, chapter one, ESV. All right. So, so pay attention to this first line. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. Okay. Now I commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain the traditions, even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. All right, um, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should just, she should cut her hair short or shave it. Uh, I added that. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. All right, that is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. All right, that's what is that about? Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not um, independent of man nor man of woman, for as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman. <laughs> Paul's very confusing at times. And all things are from God. Okay. 
Um, so judge, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him. But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory for her hair is giving, uh, given to her for a covering. It, if anyone is inclined to be uh, contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. All right, so what? what oh, man and woman and, and and heads and shaven and judge for yourselves and uncoverings and nature and hair, more hair and and angels. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> Now, the very it, this chapter starts off. Paul appeals to his own example, right? Uh, disciples were expected to follow their teacher's example. Hmm. Be imitators of me as I am uh, of Christ. Okay. Now, it would seem that if we should imitate him, he's the teacher. Why do women have to remain silent? and are not uh, permitted to teach, right? That seems contradictory, all right? Well, because those are always used out of context, all right? And so Paul's obviously not being uh, contradictory there. Um, He had reasons for that because of the culture and what was going on, all right? The whole remain silent thing, it was disruption of service, you know, and that comes out of 1 Corinthians 14. So let's first deal with those two. And then get with uh, get into eleven, all right. So just real fast, um, proper order in the church or proper demonstration and acknowledgement of authority or being of of their heads, their husbands. All right, that's what's going on um, all through uh, uh, this um, first uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty three through thirty five. All right, there was disorder, and uh, Paul's giving them proper instructions um, on on a gathering or the assembly or the congregation and all that type of stuff, okay? So um, what's interesting is that, um, see, uh, Paul, Paul uses male spiritual leadership um, as the key, but it's for the home and the church as well, okay? Now, in Ephesians, we know that wives are to submit to their husbands, right? Um, but also, husbands are to love their wives as Christ has loved the church. So, you know, well, uh, that's really seems harder for the men, I think, than submit a you know, woman have to submit. Although, and within that context in Ephesians as well, in there as the, the that's a household code. Paul is actually giving a household code that addresses women, children, and slaves, which would have been unheard of to do. If you haven't checked out the sermon on that um, that I I did, you can check it out um, where I address that. Okay, so, um, but it's about mutual sub- submission here. That's what's that's what's going on. So Paul Paul does show that there needs to be male. Um, leadership but he it always means it's like a spiritual leadership okay and that's why he's goes through 
the the chain, I guess, if you want to, but it's creation order is the argument that he uses a lot of times, um, like in, in, in these two proof texts. And, um, uh, it, it's just, it's interesting to, uh, to point that out. He's making an argumentation, uh, from, from creation order. So people will say, well, since man was made first, then, you know, man, uh, uh, is in charge of everything. Okay. But we have to, we have to, we have to take the, the real issue is also first and foremost, heart position, heart attitude, motivation of o- obedience to God's authority and submission. And that, uh, God is far more concerned with an attitude and a heart attitude and of submission than an, an actual outward display of submission that would come from a head covering. All right. Um, but God's order is that, that the husband is this head of the, of the wife as God is the head of Christ. Now, what, what people I think get confused is they don't ever talk about how there is no inequality or inferiority implied because God and Christ are equal and united, just as a husband and wife are one flesh. Okay? So, um, these passages, all three of these passages first and foremost, do not teach um, that women um, are inferior to men or that that women should be submissive to every man, um, to men in general. It's, it's teaching God's order and spiritual headship in marriage relationship. All right, so in the Corinthian culture, a woman who covered her head during worship or when she was in public would be displaying her submission to her husband. Okay. So with that in mind, let's just talk about the, the use of head. All right. In three and four, when he says this, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. All right. So, uh, it's not just in the literal sense of our actual head there. Um, you should note that within context, head often signified a position of authority. Okay, so husbands ha- would have that role in those ancient households, especially in Greek and Roman ones. So Paul is probably connecting the the might connect the wife dishonoring her physical head with bringing shame on her family. Um, there was also word plays here when ancient writers, um, argued based, based their arguments on, on stuff like this. They used a word play and the behavior of one family, family member was, was often thought to reflect on one's whole family. All right. Now Romans covered their heads for worship, but Greeks uncovered their heads. So. Although men normally held the most visible roles in ancient Israel, there were obviously here we could see females who prophesied. And so there were female prophets and they were respected in the Old Testament. So traditional Greeks often would uh, frowned, though, on women, any women speaking in the presence 
of men outside of their families or their house. Okay. But they would permit a woman to speak by a deity's inspiration. Okay. So, um, so let's just address head, uh, address head coverings. Okay. Um, in ancient culture. Okay, so Roman Romans covered their heads for worship. Greeks uncovered them, but none of these uh, customs would actually um, differentiate uh, the coverers and non-coverers by gender. Okay, so um, uh, the and the farther the farther east one traveled, the more the head that was normally covered. Actually, all right. Now another. Some some other places, those who would cover their heads were especially concerned to shroud their hair from public view. Now, Paul mentions hair here. So, and the the reason normally given for that practice was modesty, and it applied that custom applied to married women. Okay, so not unmarried women or younger women that would be virgin considered virgins back then. Right. <laughs> Cause you, you wanted to stay pure. We should still want to stay pure. Um, um, what there, there's a, a, a Spartan, uh, it, when you, if you were to search head coverings and do research on it, the Spartan gave the, the reason for that, that virgins must find husbands Whereas wives must keep their husbands, <laughs> so the, a woman's hair was considered a uh, actual primary visual temptation for men. And in some places, including Judea, a wife who went out in public without without her hair covered would be deemed immodest and dishonoring herself in the eyes of others. And that was actually even. Cons- um, gave an appropriate reason for a man to divorce his wife. Um, and even on the, on, and it would be on the grounds of infidelity if the hair wasn't covered. So, um, now in, in earlier Greeks, um, women were at least ideally restricted, especially to the home. Now, Corinth in this period in time in the first century had more Roman influence. Okay. So which the, the aristocratic women often even banqueted alongside their husbands. Okay. Now there's a lot of arguing among scholars that upper class women who had expensive and more fashionable hairstyles were less inclined to cover their hair in public than were other women. Um, but you know, that's just, I don't know. (laughs) So, um, uh, and the reason why is because wealthier women were, um, were, were like matrons of the sorts of homes in which churches often met. That's what's argued. So that may have also made more, um, may made more ambiguous the uh, question of whether they were in public or not. So the the mattering of head coverings then could could um, could have provoked some tension between church members or um, or of 
different social statuses. Um, But for a lot of people, probably including most of the congregation's Jewish members, the lack of a head covering would signify the lack of sexual modesty. All right. So, um, as you would go on then here, we know, okay, so the head that doesn't just refer to as the actual head, but a husband. And then for men is the head is Christ for Christ. His head is God. However, we should know there's no inequality going on there. It's about this equal submission because they're one. (laughs) And then women prophesied. um, And then hair is viewed as sexually appealing. So shaving the head would have the opposite effect in that. And in that culture, it was humiliating for a woman. Okay. So, and then it goes on to say a man is in the image um, in glory of God, but a woman is the glory of man. Uh, of man. So there's, there's, uh, you know, an ancient Jewish, Jewish text would speak only of men as a reflection of God's image. Um, but we know that both genders reflect God's image because um, it says that in Genesis, right? Um, uh, clear, it, it, and it becomes clear even later in Genesis, in Genesis 5. So Paul is probably emphasizing um, um, how God formed, formed the first woman from the rib of the first man, right, of Adam, so that's there. So women um, is for for men because God created a woman because there was no helper suitable for the man. Um, so, well, hold on. Let me deal with a couple other things here before I wrap it up. That whole like because of the angels thing in verse 10. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. That's really an odd text um earlier in this letter in six chapter six um angels are mentioned and you know it's talking about how we'll someday judge angel angels is that in in there and that one in six let me look just doing all this off the cuff in chapter let's see here six three yeah do you not know that we shall judge angels okay how much more uh things that pertain to this life okay so some some may say that he puts that statement here in 10 because uh the women will someday judge angels so they should use their authority um it's the same term that translated right or rights um, responsibly. Now, um, but we also know that in uh, P- Peter, I believe, um, that angels long to know things. Um, trying to remember what that is. However, <laughs> Wherever it is, <laughs> it's First uh, uh, Peter one twelve. It was revealed to them that th- uh, that 
that they were serving, not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. All right. Um, so uh, the relationship that God has with, with man is something that angels watch and learn from. Right. Um, and something they long, it's mysterious to them, um, which is, I don't know, it's just mind blowing, I think, actually, to think about that. So a woman's submission to God's uh, authority to her husband is an example to angels, is what some people would say. All right. Um, and angels who are perfect and total. Uh, Angels are perfect, perfect and total, um, in perfect and total submission to God, and they expect that we, as followers of Christ, be the same. So they're watching us, I guess, is what some people would say. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, gonna go any further on that. I'm just showing you some other examples. So the question, though, is it a command for today um, that this? this to be happening and all this first, this is to the Corinthians. It was written to them for particular matters as a whole. We would read this and see what's going on. So there's all sorts of things going on in Corinthians and there was a lot of disorder and there was a lot of, 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 um, uh, I don't know, a misunderstanding, misinterpretation or what, what not, you know? Um, and, um, Paul, Paul is just, using his argument again here on um, headship and uh, submission. And so, uh, yeah, every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, her her husband. Um, and so it would be the same if her head was shaved. Um, n no, like we, you know, obviously have gone <laughs> past this time. Um, and you know, it doesn't really seem applicable at all. It was culturally appropriate. Uh, then it was a culturally appropriate symbol of a woman's, um, um, be belonging to a man, to her husband. And, um, so if that symbol passes, you know, from, from currency, then it it's maybe discarded in favor of other culturally relevant symbols. In modern Western cult culture, modest clothing would certainly be the relevant symbol. That's about the only applicability I could gather. Um, we have other symbols. Wives take their husband's last name. That may have held as much significance. Um at some time in our culture. Um, however, it's not, you know, I mean, people, most people still do it. I'm just saying. Um, so I would think the applicability on there would be that wearing a ring, um, a woman who speaks or prophesies without a ring. I don't know. <laughs> however, this is the head covering was something that happened then we don't do it now. So a woman does not need to have her head covered um, it, while she's praying. 
or while she prophesies. Um, my wife um, doesn't cover her head as she prays, and I've never felt dishonored or felt that it was the same as her having her head shaved. And she's had her head shaved before. So um, I don't think there's any much, much application whatsoever on this, nor do I think it's anything. You know, I, I'd be interested to know um, uh, the uh, teaching that that you had heard recently on it. Um, that was stated in the question by Mary, in case you guys forgot. So I I didn't ask that because I didn't want to um, I didn't want to that to affect anything that I may give in this episode. So anyway, that may seem. I hope that all makes sense. I feel a little out of it. Uh, it's been a really busy week, and today was all icy and everything. So uh, it was crazy driving my my truck fishtailed or whatever, jackknifed, and it was scary because it was on a bridge. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> head coverings. Yeah, no, yay or nay. Um, it, you know what? People wear prayer shawls and things like that. Um, does that a matter, a matter of faith or salvation? No. Um, same with shofars, um, and things like that. I mean, these aren't commands or mandates here that are, um, this was a, um, I would say in this text, this is a descriptive text of what's going on. It's not prescriptive for us. It doesn't seem to be timeless. Uh, a timeless principle or something that in, um, would go throughout all of church history. Um, if so, then there's um, millions of women that are dishonoring husbands and breaking uh, <laughs> breaking uh, command here. Uh, and uh, oh no, um, um, thank goodness for grace. Uh, thank God for his grace and his mercy then and that we are forgiven uh, for that. So um, no, I don't think it needs to be a practice or anything like that. If somebody wants to wear a prayer shawl, if somebody wants to cover their head by, by all means, if they want to, they, I guess they can. However, the one thing I'd want to point out when it comes to that and when it comes to shofars and things like that, that those, those things aren't helping your, your prayer or you're prophesying, or you're whatever that you're you are doing in that moment. Um, you're just adding to the formula, and that's just an extra thing. It's your faith, it's your heart motivation, your heart attitude, and your posture towards the object of your faith, which happens to be Jesus and God, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing I thought was interesting about his creation order, Paul's creation order here. He doesn't mention the Holy Spirit. That's little odd but uh i don't know why i didn't get to look into that but nevertheless um we should know that certainly is included or should be thought of especially in the the uh the context of corinthians since it um it does address address uh spiritual gifts so anyway i hope that answers your question and i hope it wasn't too scatterbrained for you and uh yeah uh cover your head if you want but there's no need for it it's not a command this is not prescriptive um i don't think at all for our day and time
All right, there's another episode. Thanks for listening. Any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be 11. Thanks for listening.